I had always been interested in smell as a scientific problem because when I read the theories of how smell worked, it never made any sense. And then what happened was I came across a, an article in a, in a journal which basically explained it was an article from physics describing a particular machine. And I suddenly realized that that article was explaining to me how the sense of smell actually worked. Mm. That we had a version of that machine inside our nose. Hi, everybody. Welcome to At Home. This is a show where we chat with artists, experts, dreamers, and doers about what makes us feel most at home. Hmm. Smells. Certain smells make me feel at home. Like the good, the bad, and the droop. And the droobly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same mind with hmm, What does Drew smell like? You smell like... Fresh. Mm. Clean. Mm. Sexy. B.O.? I do not smell it. Between the two of us, I am not the one that smells like B.O. Okay, everyone knows by now. I smell more, but you also smell like B.O. But yeah, you don't really have a scent to you. I'm but just, anyway, this, the droopy smell makes me feel at home. Yes, the scent <laughs> of awesome. This is at home. So much of our experience at home involves smell. It does. And scent. Like... Yes. Your apple pie when you bake for me. Or I would remember like my <laughs> my mom's cooking at home as a kid. Certain like when I smell something like, I don't know, my dad's oatmeal, it reminds me of mornings or tomato soup. It would remind mm. me of lunch at home. Or the smell of congee reminds mm. me of when I'm sick. Oddly. Yeah, yeah, or chicken noodle soup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that chicken noodle soup. When, smell of toast in the morning. But also just in general, like, smell can make someone feel calm at home it can make someone feel anxious at home anxious and so, yeah, what I, smell makes you feel anxious tell me after you've been in the bathroom and oh my gosh whatever he took my line <laughs> he, it's oh my goodness we'll we'll ask them about that we'll ask our guests mm -hmm. about that but right. i'm just saying he's He's saying what he knows I was going to say. Light some candles. That's all I'm just saying after I've been I in the always throw you a box of matches. You do. I, actually, after I use the bathroom, I'll go back into the bathroom and there are like 18 candles in there. Yeah. Scented, scented candles. Because but, I'm trying to exercise the uh, whatever died in there. The demons that came out of me. <laughs> so anyway, if any of you remember in the past few episodes, I've complained about the little smelly accident I had in my car. Literally my worst nightmare. We've tried all sorts of remedies and hacks to get rid of the smell. Vinegar, baking soda, deep cleaning it 50 times. Nothing is helping. Yeah, so we've been dealing with that for a while now. And that got us curious about the world of smells. Like, how the heck does it work? Why do, why do we still smell this thing? Or also just thinking about things like, why does Linda love the smell of durian? Blah. And I can't stand um, it. Because I have a more elevated smell palette. No, no. <laughs> I know. So we did our research to find experts on the subject and we found a fascinating TED talk on the science of scent by Luca Turn. Mm -hmm. So today we're excited to have both biophysicist Luca Turn and his co-author and wife, Tanya Sanchez, to help answer all our questions around smells. So Luca, he's a biophysicist, a perfume critic, author, currently is a professor in the medical school at the University of Buckingham, a well-educated man. Mm -hmm. And he's best known for his work on olfaction. Is that how you I, say it? Olfaction. I think so. Yeah. I really olfaction. like that word. And in his work, he proposed that a molecule's smell character is due to its vibrational frequency. We'll you, get into all that later. Can you say molecules again? Because that sounded funny. How did I say it? Say it. Molecule. Oh, that sounds normal. Okay. How did I say it? Molecule. 
it just sounded very interesting, mm. like you're getting fancy with it. For eight years, he was CTO of a venture company designing odorants for fragrance and flavors with a success rate of 100 times the industry average. That's a cool job. I'm pretty sure in my mind that makes me think that his philosophy about vibrational frequency is correct. <laughs> He's on to something for sure. Mm-hmm. He's authored three perfume guides, a collection of essays, and a popular science book on how smell works. Tanya is a writer and co-author of two editions of Perfumes, the A to Z Guide, that's 2008 and 2018, wrote those with Luca. It's a book responsible for bringing perfume culture to a wider audience. It was called Ravishingly Entertaining in the New Yorker and dubbed a work of art itself on BBC Radio. I think it's really fascinating because it just goes to show, like, you know, baking a cake, you have the different layers of a cake. It was just That's so what fun perfumes to read. are. It is. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, Check and, it out. And it's hilarious. Well, actually, we'll include the link so you guys can find both of those perfume guides. Her work has appeared in a variety of publications, including Fashion, Marie Claire, Allure, and Psychologies, for which she was awarded a Jasmine Prize in the UK. I say we stop using our sense of talk and start using our sense of smell. Sense of talk. (laughs) I don't know. It sounded clever in my head. (laughs) This is Tanya and Luca on At Home. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices like my lights, my locks. (laughs) My security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. One of the main reasons that was a catalyst for reaching out to you and researching smell. My sister Hannah, she was making me some really healthy Asian soup. Yeah. And it happened to have fish and collagen in it and all this stuff. Basically, it's a stinky fish soup. And hey, uh, is it the Vietnamese fish soup? Because my mom's from Saigon, so... Yeah. Oh, is she? Oh, yeah. Yeah. no, it's it's not it's not like the sweet and sour fish soup, okay. which I love as well. It's the stinky and stank fish it, soup. It just smelled like fish. <laughs> uh, <It> just- <laughs> and so basically, if I was to st- if I was to tell you the worst smell in the world to me, even worse than smelling, you know, a toilet uh, after being used is fish smell. And so, in this is my opinion. So, in my car, accidentally, the fish bowl spilled in the trunk. And we could not get the smell out of the car. We tried literally everything. We tried baking soda. or ba- It's yeah, been we, a month now. Exactly. Month. And so we've taken it for multiple cleanings and all the stuff we tried to do. Now it just smells like a perfumey shampoo cleaner On mixed top of with the fish, fish smell. <laughs> and so it's, it's hell. And so I basically was saying like this, I need to throw the car out. It's done. <laughs> so, uh, and this got me thinking a little bit too, because at home is all about home. And what and makes it, us feel at home. Yeah. And so we were, you know, when we think back to, uh, as a, I'm a real estate agent and I've worked with families, I've renovated 
and designed over 500 houses for families. And when we talk about what makes a house feel like a home, it's one, how you feel in it. It's how you function in it. But smell has always been a big part of it. And this is where it came to finding (laughs) you. Yes. And now your car is your home, right? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Home on the road. And I'm not enjoying it. So basically, we just want you to tell me the chemical compound of how I can get rid of it. Uh, Um, Actually, that's going to be really tricky. Fish is hard. Yeah. I mean, basically, okay. the fish smell is amine. So nitrogen with two or three hydrogens attached. And that, for some reason, not entirely clear, amines are extremely powerful odorants. Okay, so that basically the same amount of amine you can you can perfume, you know, a whole stadium. But if you did it with, let's say, rose, it would only hit two people. Okay, so Mm. they're they're hugely powerful. Now, to get rid of them, there's nothing much you can do except bleach. Oh, bleach will do it because bleach basically wipes out everything. But how do you um, bleach but, inside but your car? car may end up a different color inside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just really want to dig into your past and how you got to where you are, and and, and really also- how you two met. I heard on, um, I heard Tanya, you tell the story briefly of how you met, and I fell in love with your love story. So okay. I would love for you to share that. I was really, really deeply into perfume. I was working this office job in New York, writing about finance, which is not my passion. Uh, but it did pay the bills. And so sort of on my lunch break, because I was working in Midtown Manhattan, I would go and I would smell all the perfumes at the department stores because I loved perfume and I would just, I was obsessed with perfume. And at that time, there was a book out about his work on smell and perfume. It so happens that he's got this theory on how smell works, why, you know, one arrangement of sort of carbon and hydrogen and it smells like one thing. And then you sort of wheel another, and then it smells like another thing. I mean, why should that be, right? It, it's it's a very distinct thing. You mm-hmm. know when you're smelling a lemon. You know when you're smelling garlic. You never confuse them. But sure. it's all atoms. Why does it smell one way or the other? So he's got a theory about that, and this book was about that. But it was also about, in part, his work on perfume. He had written the first uh, was it the only? I don't know. Maybe there's more by was, now. <laughs> I think it was the only. And that's why it was I, described as a bestseller. His native language is French. I don't know if you can tell. He sounds totally American, right? Totally. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a frog. And <laughs> he's written this thing. And there were quotations from it. I'm a literary type. So I, I read these things and it, it was like it was like poetry. And so I absolutely fell in love with his writing. And then he had a blog. He started a blog. And that was exciting for me. So I started commenting on the blog. So he um, he wrote to me and asked me if I would give him my opinions on a manuscript he was turning in for his book, uh, The Secret of Scent, mm. which was published in the UK by Faber and Faber. And I think in uh, the US by, by Echo, Echo, yeah. Echo HarperCollins. Oh, he's got it. Look at that. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> Isn't that a great cover, by the way? It's so it's cool. So that, cool. That, I mean, it's, that's this is the amazing. reason we're married. That book you've got right there. So I, I took the manuscript with me on the train every day and I was marking it up um, viciously with red marker because I don't, I'm not, m- not merciful. I think that's accurate, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> I, I returned it to him, but I thought he'll never speak to me again. And instead, he phoned me up, and uh, we started chatting. And it was—I mean, those so, were. So hold on, when you were marking yeah. up his book, what what were you hoping to get out of that when you were marking it up and then returning it to him? Well, I, I didn't even actually touch it for weeks, and then it's because I figure I was I was working, I was doing things, I didn't have time to read a manuscript. Mm-hmm. I I thought he'd asked a bunch of people, 
And at some point he said to me, have you looked at it? And I said, no. And he said, you're the only person. Oh. <laughs> anyway, once he told me that not a soul was was touching this thing, he said to me, including the people getting paid to do it, I felt a tremendous obligation because I really liked him, you know, and it's just it's awful to just find yourself out there with nobody having read your manuscript. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I did I did the full soup to nuts. Right. Yeah, they came back. Literally dripping in red ink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, was like, it was not not one word left untouched. Okay, and and the result was after I incorporated every last change, wow. um, it was uh, I sent it back to the publisher, who who basically said, "What's the difference?" and then published it. <laughs> oh so that is it. Well, Luca, let's jump back in in your younger years. So, what got you down this path? Yeah, of... for someone who doesn't wear perfume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, how how come I'm so? You do. Well, I do sometimes. So so what happened was I had always been interested in smell as a scientific problem because when I read the theories of how smell worked, it it never made any sense. And then what happened was I came across an an article in in a journal which basically explained it was an article from physics describing a particular machine. And I suddenly realized that that article was explaining to me how the sense of smell actually worked. Mm-hmm. That we had a version of that machine inside our nose. A very so, tiny, tiny version of that giant machine. Right, well, absolutely tiny. The, the, the machine normally would be about, I don't know, um, two foot by three. Um, and we have one, you know, two nanometers by three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Made of meat. What's it called again? What's the actual machine called? It's a spectroscope. Spe- oh, okay, spectroscope. It, yeah. measures, it measures molecular vibrations. And... What, what the story was that somebody in the 1930s, several people in fact, and in the 1960s, had said the way our nose works looks like a spectro. It, it gives the same answers that a spectroscope would give when you smell things. Things smell the way they vibrate, and people had noticed that and agreed with him. But then they said, "How are you going to shoehorn that machine into the nose?" Mm-hmm. Okay. So suddenly, when I saw that you could make a tiny one, basically the penny dropped. And I spent a year writing this article on how it worked. And, I, you know, it was a really exciting time. And then the most amazing thing happened, which is I had a student um, at the time who worked for the BBC. She managed to convince the BBC to do a one-hour program on my work when it was mm. still unpublished. But next thing I know, they're filming this thing. And the next thing, I went from absolute obscurity to people actually recognizing me in the street. So wait, you... Did, did you answer the, like, what, why perfumes? Like, why you were so fascinated with smells? Was oh, that okay. something from an early, like, early childhood? Yeah, so I started collecting fragrances. And mm-hmm. as I collected them and told my friends about them and so on, I realized that I had some sort of deformity in the brain, which made it easy for me to describe a fragrance, or perhaps not describe a fragrance, but describe the impression that a fragrance made on me, okay? Mm. And this was, I didn't, I mean, to me it was second nature and to, mm. it clearly to other people it wasn't. In the end, a friend of mine who was absolutely sick and tired of hearing me describe perfumes said, why don't you write a book and get it out of your system? <laughs> um, and that's how I came to write the perfume guide and so on and so forth. Have you always had that same ability to break down a smell um, in a way that makes sense to people with other smells aside from perfumes? No, um, no, and I, let me explain. Um, there's a huge difference between a smell and a perfume. Mm-hmm. The, the, a smell is a given. It's uh, something natural that just happens, like your, your fish sauce. Or, you know. <laughs> uh, a perfume is a uh, chemical poem 
written by a perfumer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a thing that goes person, perfume, person. Okay, it's a message, and I always say it's a message in a bottle. Mm-hmm. So what you're really doing when you're smelling a perfume is smelling the intent of the perfumer. It's not a smell anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's actually something. It, it has a human uh, intent in it. The good ones. The, the, okay, the intent can mm-hmm. simply be why don't I just imitate the bestseller or let's do something that smells vaguely nice. But the really great perfumes have a message, mm-hmm. and the, the the trick is to read it. Um, and um, or at least read one version of it. I, I'm not suggesting that the way I read it is the only way, but to at least attempt that. Tanya, did you, uh, with your, you know, you said earlier obsession with perfume and then how you originally met Luca, do you guys ever put your noses to the test to see who, to see if you can analyze the message? Or decipher. Or, or decipher <laughs> oh, perfumes the same every way? Time, every time we run into a perfume, we both smell it. And then we start trying to describe it to each other. I mean, this, the writing of the perfume guide was pretty much that. We were sitting at the kitchen table and we'd get a box of perfume, we'd open them, and then we'd just start shouting at each other what, what it felt like. Hmm. I mean, often it felt like this is garbage, but then sometimes you would smell something and and it, it makes you think of things. It's something, one thing is soft, another thing is sour, something is too loud, something is incredibly soft, something is polite, something is classy. I mean, you 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 smell these things and they and they, some of them are a whole person in front of you, mm. and we describe that person to each other. So, Ooh. I mean, that's that's pretty much the way we work. And also, Tanya has this uh, terrifying talent of being able to distill some utter confused impression that I have in my mind. I explain it to her, and she sums it up in one beautiful sentence. At which mm. point, I write it and pretend it's my work. Yeah, <laughs> take credit. Yeah, there, <laughs> there you go. Hey, it's like very similar to how we work. <laughs> I do that with Linda too. Yeah. No, that's that's really fascinating. Honestly, you know, people think, okay, I smell something, and the receptor is in my nose, um, or maybe it's tied to the my taste buds in my mouth. Whatever it might be, they just think smell is that. But with your philosophy of how it's a frequency, it's uh, of, of sorts just the same way that hearing or our eyesight is some sort of frequency. Can you explain a little bit the differences and similarities between all these different processes and senses? Okay, so that's that's actually really a fundamental thing, which is actually unsolved as yet. But let me try it. So color vision uh, relies on three different on RGB essentially. You have three different types of cells in your retina, a red, green, blue. Um, and in principle, if you have a light on a on a completely dark background like a firework, it's actually the red, green, blue in the light tells you the color. But in real life, when you have light hitting an object it's much more complicated because the brain actually takes into account the light mm-hmm. as well as the color of the object. So mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're looking at color in real life, it's a hugely complex algorithm that makes the color come out the way it does. Now, with hearing, there's a, an additional dimension which is very important, which is time. You know, when you have a sound, for example, if you take out the first 100 milliseconds of a violin note, you get an oboe sound. Mm. There's a, the only difference between violin and oboe is a short transient in the beginning. Okay. Mm. Now with smell, we don't know what really matters because it's so hard to do experiments. You see, with vision, you can make on a computer screen, you can practically make any pattern you like. And with sound, you can generate any damn sound through headphones and ask people what they perceive. With smell, it has to be a molecule in the right. middle. So it's all kind of complicated. And the reason that's so is a very great mystery. 
it turns out to be impossible to stimulate the olfactory, uh, the, the part of your brain that senses smells directly. Mm. Okay. No, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, if you put an electrode in there and, and pass current, you don't smell anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the only way we can stimulate smell is with molecules, and that complicates everything. So smell is intrinsically difficult to study. Uh, mm-hmm. It's also, relatively speaking, neglected, relatively speaking, compared to the other senses. What I've heard before is, you know, like, for example, if someone uses the bathroom and it's awful, and then you have to unfortunately go in there, if you <laughs> smell it, you're tasting it, is what we've all, we've all heard, and that's disgusting Not to me. really. So, so yeah. Taste, yeah, if you have a cold, if you have a really severe head cold, and you lose your sense of smell temporarily, then you're, um, you, you can't taste anything. I mean, you basically, fish soup or yogurt is the same. So maybe that's what you should do really with Just your get, a <laughs> get a terrible cold. Yeah, every time I drive my car, I just have a cold. <laughs> but, but if so, I'm inhaling okay. it, am I still not consuming it? Whether I can smell okay, so, the, so one of the things that people find amazing about smell is that it's not action at a distance. Because... You know, light is coming to us from across the galaxy. Sound is traveling from miles away. But if you smell something, that stuff is in your head, in your personal head. So like, yes, if somebody has just gone and blown up the bathroom (laughs) and you smell it, their stuff, which was just in their ass, is in your head. (laughs) That's the thing. (laughs) Thank That's you for uh, clarifying that. I never that thought photo. about that quite in those terms. Well, yes. yeah, some of us think about those things. <laughs> I yes, but, this but, is why I think about it because I always, I hate it when that happens. If I've walked into someone's like personal bombing space. <laughs> oh my goodness! You got to keep some Febreze on hand. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question with that then in mind. You do talk about this in your book. Smell is smell. It is what it is, but certain people interpret it in different ways in the sense, or, or certain people um, like certain smells in different ways. So what, what is it that makes us want one smell over another, or one perfume over another, if it is just the same thing? Well, it's not 100% the same thing. I mean, some, um, typically the smells of decay, um, so sulfur smells, um, indole smells, so uh, fecal smells, um, and amines, the fish um, smell that you mentioned, um, those are, the smells of decay are sort of wired in is not very nice. Mm. Um, and, and you can overcome this wiring <clears throat> by um, sort of getting used to them or something. I remember when I was a kid, my dad used to love really disgusting French uh, cheeses. And he would actually sort of bury his nose in these things. Absolutely awful. And he would say things like, this smells like the entire army of Napoleon taking their boots off after 20 miles. Uh, you know, kind of, and so, uh, and I, I always thought he was completely insane uh, enjoying this stuff. And then eventually I liked them. So some process must have happened. Now he subjects us to those. Exactly. So, so <laughs> Jesus, that could empty a, tra- a, ra- you know, a railway carriage if you had it with you. Um, so... Um, and the same goes for sulfur. Sulfur, in, in particular, is a hard one um, to stomach. And the durian, for example, is a fine example. Here's an experiment you can do, which I find really interesting. If you take some really good strawberries and you mix them with ice, ice cubes, and you give them a whirl in the in the blender, make a smoothie. Mm-hmm. Make a smoothie. <clears throat> Keep the lid on, and then when the smoothie is done, take the lid off and smell. What you smell coming out is a sulfur smell. 
Mm. Pure durian smell. And the fact is, if you add a touch of sulfur to almost any fruit, yes. it improves it hugely. This is true. This is a secret in a lot of tropical fruit perfumes. They put mm. a little bit of stink. Just a touch. A little bit of stink in something pretty can make it prettier. This is true. Yeah, yeah. So can I tell the story of the durian? So the durian, sulfur smells, okay? And it smells, it smells like a cat that died a while ago. <laughs> and... You don't really want it. Like when you travel in Asia, anyone who's traveled in Southeast Asia knows this is true. Every time you go into the hotel, there's a big sign that says no durian in the hotel. They always tell you no durian in the hotel, no durian here, no durian there. Do not take your durian in the place because they cannot get the smell out. Once you get it in there, they're going to open durian. all the windows in your room and they're going to curse your name mm-hmm. and bring in an exorcist, but there's nothing they can do. I do this every day because Linda loves durian and I say, oh. I don't understand. She's like, it's healthy. I'm like, there are healthy foods that give you the same nutrients that don't smell like that. My mom, my mom is from Saigon, okay? Uh-huh. And when they first started shipping durian over to the U.S. when I was a kid, my mom was so excited. She went nuts seeing that stuff. She brought it into the house, and we commanded her to go out in the dead of night, like in December, and eat it on the patio because we couldn't stand it. Now, so, you know, 25 years after she came to the U.S. and after the place fell to the communists, um, things were open again. She wanted to take me back there to check it out. And, of course... I had to eat the durian, right? Because we were hanging out with some friends of hers and I had to eat the durian. I thought, oh gosh, I'm, you know, people do it, I will survive. And the thing about it, which I found interesting, was that it do, it does smell like town gas, actually. It smells like you've left the gas on. Yes. Um, yeah. as you I think the fresh stuff is a lot better actually than what they end up with shipping to the States. In the US it smelled like dead cat, but in, in Vietnam, <laughs> it smelled like you left the gas on, and that's still not great. But as I got it closer and I took a bite, that stopped being an issue. Then mm-hmm. you no longer smell it that way. Then there's another thing that happens, which is like you're eating a custard with a slight onion taste. So it's sort yeah. of like it's like a natural vanilla custard with onion. Mm. Which is what sounds tremendously attractive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and so I will admit this. It's so good. Because Linda's mom is an amazing cook, and she has all these Chinese recipes that, that she cooks. And Linda's sister um, will cook it as well, and, and Linda has too. And with durian as an example, they've made durian cakes and everything as well. When I, t- when I eat it, it doesn't taste bad. There is an after kick that I don't enjoy as much, but the smell, I just say, there's got to be something just as healthy that doesn't smell as terrible as that. <laughs> think, think of it this way. In a house, when you yeah. run gas to your home, what yes. is the smell that you smell when you yeah. when you smell okay, gas? So let, me, let me explain that. Yes. So Philips Petroleum, Philips Petroleum, God bless them, does six different bad smells that they add to gas. You can yeah. choose your particular type of gas smell. Yeah. Natural gas doesn't smell of anything, right. which is the problem because you can leave it on. You're not aware it's on. So they add the bad smell. And you, as a customer of, of Philips, can actually choose... Your exact version of, so to speak, durian. Oh, I see. So would you like egg fart That's or would right. you like durian? Now, I've never smelled <laughs> yeah. them. And they don't bother to describe them. They're sort of uh, stink one, stink two, stink three, stink one. <laughs> and, and they're added in parts per billion, parts per billion. And that's enough to, to make it work. So, yeah. so it's actually um, uh, engineered. I think the original uh, town gas had a smell of sulfur because it contained sulfur. But then they cleaned it up and they had to put it in.
ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. (laughs) Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. So with what you're saying, like when you get a cold, because a big part of what you taste is the smell of it, does that actually work to plug your nose? Absolutely. Mm. Have you never eaten when you've had a cold? Well, I I have, but maybe I just haven't paid attention to it. But I always just thought that that was some sort of a fallacy. I thought that was just made up by my my parents. You can't taste it. It's really 90% uh, or more Mm. smell. I mean, the modalities of taste, you know, bitter, salty, sweet, umami, and have I forgotten one? And sour. Those are fairly poverty-stricken things compared to smell. Tell us then, Tanya, with uh, your, yourself, after all the experience that you've had and obviously writing the per, uh, perfumes guide, what is a smell that you absolutely love that makes you feel like home? It's funny you ask that. I was actually, I was thinking about the smell of home. I mean, when you're a kid and you go to your friend's houses, the first thing you notice is that their house smells weird. Right? Yes, yeah. I mean, that's... You just you go around going, why does their house smell like this? And everybody's house smells different. Uh-huh. Most, and it's a combination, I think, of the food you cook and the laundry you're doing. So it's whatever stuff your parents are cleaning the place with and whatever they're... I mean, I remember my house when I was growing up. I mean, I don't know what people thought when they came in, but my parents were constantly frying fish. I mean, you don't like the smell <laughs> of fish. You would have been horrified. The place was just, I think every surface was probably, it was like, like several sort of millimeters of fish oil. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it was intense. I mean, these food smells are kind of the smell of home. You don't want your house to stink of it. Obviously, you open the windows afterward. Mm-hmm. But there's always a kind of, there's a bouquet of whatever it is you've been eating. Mm-hmm. And of course, our house absolutely reeks of perfume because... Because we're always testing the perfumes at the kitchen table, despite my protestations. And <laughs> so, and that stuff lingers. So, yeah. mm. how about yourself, Luca? I'm a very much a sort of a French kid from the, from the 50s, <laughs> 60s. And to me, the smell of home is the smell of a, of a wine sauce, you know, like a, mm. a buff bourguignon, that kind of thing. So, wine mm. stew, that's. And that, furniture polish. And furniture polish. So those are two <laughs> ingredients um, that you find everywhere. We, in the old days, I suppose even now, when you walk up a, a staircase in, in a Paris apartment block and you get cooking smells, that's what that's what carries. Um, mm-hmm. So that to me, that's the smell of home. And I remember I used to go to, when I was a kid, I used to go to our, our, my doctor was um, in private practice and he would meet patients in his apartment. Mm-hmm. So you open the door and his office was right across the street. But you could smell the apartment. And it was exactly as tiny as floor wax and uh, and wine stew. <laughs> that's that's the defining smell of home for me. A smell that I really just love, even if we're thinking of a cologne or something for me, I never wear cologne, but it would have to just be completely fresh, something soft, subtle, almost breezy, cool, like a coolness to it. Um I, to me, like a citrus feels fresh to me, mm-hmm. but anything that feels any more layered than that, um, just it. I'm very, very sensitive to smell. Same. And uh, in fact, we 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 always joke because we have uh, friends will stay with us. And we call them our teenagers when they stay with us, and uh, our kids. And 
they don't have a sense of smell like I do. And I'll walk in the front of the house and right away I can smell that some broccoli's gone bad, but they don't smell it at all. And uh, anyway, so- And each of their rooms smell different. Yeah, have a very distinct, <laughs> one's very perfumey, one just smells musty. Like dust. Yeah, dust. <laughs> anyway, so for me, I, I just like to get rid of all of that and just keep that clean sense. What, what about you? What was yours? Um, I think my durian. ideal smell- I would never wear durian unless I didn't want any friends. Um, is something sweet but not overly floral. Um, mm-hmm. Like the one we have here. So where we got married in, in Puglia in Italy, I guess they had this stuff all over the hotel. Um, and then, of course, they were smart enough to smell uh, to sell it, to smell it at the gift shop. So I ordered some of this infuser or diffuser. 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 Uh, yeah. And I think it's supposed to smell like uh, figs and olives. Hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. That sounds nice. That sounds nice. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. yeah. So when I was a young real estate agent, I think I said this earlier, but um, I was always told, you know, have fresh baked cookies or some sort of yeah. smell of cinnamon or something that would appeal to the most people coming in the door. And one of the reasons that I was told for fresh baked cookies is because it reminds people of when they were kids and people, a lot of times their style, their design style is is typically what they learned, they had from their growing up. So what their parents' style was. And so the same thing, give them a smell that's something that's sort of reminiscent of their younger years. And that appeals to people coming into a home. But then I find some people would go overboard with smells to try and make it feel like something. And in the end, to me, it was just pungent (laughs) and it it wouldn't work. So how do you find... What's it's that? really hard to fool the nose. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, you, when you walk into a supermarket and they've done a fake bread smell to make you hungry, because as, as you know, I'm sure, you know, when you're hungry, you buy twice as much stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, these fake smells don't work. If you had a, a, a cookie formula, it wouldn't be like cookies. You know, it's interesting. I had a, I had a BMW and I, I had bought it new um, years and years ago, and it always smelled like crayons. Like when you're a kid thing. and you're drawing. And, and yeah. I had always smelled that. And then the first time Linda got in the car, she's like, what is that? She couldn't pinpoint it right away. And she's like, you know what it is? It's crayons. And then I said, yes, I thought I was the only one who who, who thought that. <laughs> and it, it turns Very out it's the insulation. I literally only found like that. I had that car, what, 10 years ago? Like we first got it's it. It's still off I literally just found out when we started researching for your episode that that smell was off gassing from the insulation yes. that smells like crayon. And also that made me feel like am I slowly being poisoned in this car? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, the whole uh, volatile organics in the VOCs there's legislation now that prevents manufacturers from putting, from using materials that outgas a lot of stuff. But then they have the problem that the cars don't smell right when you buy it. Right. So, mm. so, so people like Mercedes and BMW now have a new car smell made by perfumers. Mm. That, so to um, smell like the car is 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 off-gassing, yeah. but in fact, without the they VOC, sprayed without it on. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's so, so funny. it's so funny. Like it's what we get used to, and then we still want that, but just obviously with less harm. It's the same with a lot of old paint um, had off gassing that wasn't healthy and and building and, materials. And building yeah, materials. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, some people say which which sense is your most important sense? What is is it your sight or is it your um, touch or is it s- smell sound? And I was reading that um, smell is a very. There's actually Jim Quick. Uh, he wrote a book, Limitless. And he's a brain coach. And he had wrote, wrote that smell is actually something that's very powerful for memory because instantaneously, if you have a smell, it can take you back to your childhood or it can take you back to a pivotal moment in your life. And a lot of times you will remember a certain something, not by what you see or anything like that. It's solely by the association to a smell. 
So what, what's, what's your thought on the power of smell? We, we hear that a lot. and People have various ideas that smell is wired directly to some sort of animal brain and that sort of thing. Uh, whereas I, I, think I, I think I believe something that Lucas said some time ago, which was that uh, the reason that smell seems to do this to you is because, well, let me back up a bit. I mean, obviously there are other things that can take you back. I mean, if you hear a song that was your favorite song right. from, you know, whenever you were in middle school, you are back. You are 11 years old. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. It's a good time. Right. <laughs> and I, mean, I don't know, middle school, different for everyone. But when you smell something you haven't smelled in a long time, it's, it's different. Part of the problem is the reproduction thing that he's talked about. You can hear the same song over and over again in, mm. the, in the grocery store, you know, but you hear it on the radio. It's common. It's a recording probably. Whereas when you say smell your grandmother's perfume and you haven't smelled it in 20 years, you literally haven't encountered that anywhere probably. Hmm. And and it's an exact. It's the thing again. It's not a reproduction. It's not, it is the thing. So part of it is is the recognition that it's it's like meeting a person again as opposed to seeing a picture of it. It's it is <laughs> the right. identical thing, hmm. and that is a very strong trigger. I think. Right. I always think of smells as kind of passwords. If you get one letter wrong, it doesn't work. Um, hmm. Whereas. Uh, with a face, for example, if you really love somebody and you meet their brother or sister, the part of the face which reminds you of the other person is there. With perfume in particular, um, it doesn't really work that way. The relationships of resemblance in perfumery are not the same as in other things. Things, mm. Every perfume is unique in a, in a weird way. And the nose is very good at telling them. So the, the scent that you were talking about, it, was it Masaku or something? What was it called? Nombre Noir. Nombre Noir. Oh, I thought I read, I read something that was oh, another Miyako. name. Okay, so oh, yeah. Miyako is the one that brought me back into to writing. Uh, and it, it turns out, in a rather embarrassing way, that I smell it differently from everyone else. So mm -hmm. that, um, because I had a very skeptical reaction when I asked people to smell it, and I say to them, isn't this insanely great? I get kind of blank stares. Yeah, I, I gave you a blank <laughs> stare. Space. I, I mean, then it turned out he, he got his hands on one of the signature materials that's in this perfume. And we were talking earlier about fruity smells and sulfur smells, right? Uh -huh. And the sort of magic of putting a dash of stink. Well, for me, that material is more than a dash of stink. That material is like an open sewer. But for him... <laughs> It was a sort of a sparkling kind of blackberry, black right? Blackcurrant, blackcurrant. Hmm. That's <laughs> so interesting. interesting. Very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. to each our own. I mean, if maybe he's really into, what do you call it, gutter? What did you call it? Open gutter. sewer. Open Absolutely. sewer, yeah. <laughs> we are all, as Oscar Wilde said, we're all in the gutter, but some of us look at the stars. But also there are some chemicals, like, for example, I don't smell, there's a famous molecule in perfumery called Aldron, which smells like stale urine, uh, really intense. Yum. And and people and you know I don't smell it at all. Nothing. Well, so that's interesting. Good. That's a, <laughs> and I'm so I'm so um, jealous of people who can smell it. I'm jealous of you who can't smell it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's better than not being able to smell something like you know peach cobbler or something. <laughs> that's right. But in fact, uh, when you go, there's a particular class of chemicals which are very famous called musks, mm -hmm. yeah. and typical. Um, Typically, perfumers, when they make a composition, 
because the musks smell similar to each other, they put five different musks. And the reason they put five is because most people will be unable to smell one or more of them. Mm. So they want to make sure they cover all the bases. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. That's very interesting. Hmm. So you know what we need to do is we need your help to come up with an at-home musk. No? Musk, though? Or maybe just a perfume. Maybe a perfume. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would like to shift back over to my fish smell, my, my fish woes. So is there any other advice aside from bleaching and changing the color of the interior of my car? Anything else that you can think that I can do? Linda was thinking coffee grinds, whatever else. But what, what have you done so far? Have you febrezed it? Febrezed it. We, I, I use baking soda. soda. Um, I've taken it in several times for a professional deodorizing and deep clean. So the area where it spilled, I hit it several times, but it's still in the car. But now, I, because I, I feel the fish smell must have done something like it just kind of like it's sticking to every it's surface. Stuck to every surface within the car. Uh, and anyway, the uh, now it smells like a layer of deodorizer bad smell with fish under it. It smells like Las Vegas, basically. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It does. That's hilarious. The room after, if you've ever gone into a room after a bunch of guys on a bachelor party where they all drank and it was disgusting and then they left the room. That's exactly what it smells like. Yeah. It's floral vomit. Um, Yes. 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 Floral vomit is the... That is the way to describe it, is because it's a floral kind of a perfumey smell that's oh, just covering that terrible. Just the thought of it. How do you eliminate? Well, it's stuck in the plastic, right? I mean, that's what happens. That stuff yeah. binds. You know, like you know, plastic food containers. If you have like some tomato yeah. sauce in it, and they're they're red forever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some things just stick to plastic, and unfortunately, a lot of smells seem to do that. One thing you could do, which may or may not work, is if you have if you buy a bag of charcoal. Um, Ooh. Mm-hmm. And open it up in the back of the car. Uh, just okay. leave the charcoal um, blocks in it so you don't right. get everything dirty. And that small lump of charcoal has a surface area of a tennis court. Right. And oh, cool. Everything okay. binds to it. So that will eventually bring it down to below threshold. Do you think okay. it would help to like park it someplace real hot when you do that to sort of shake yes, it all ab- off? A- absolutely. You want to leave you, it. You, you want to leave it in the sun with a bag of charcoal. Park oh. it in the hottest parking lot you can find with the thing blazing. That'll shake the molecules off. It'll get real hot and shake off. They'll get into the charcoal. See if you can try that. That's good to know. All right. Yeah, I wasn't sure why because we had been trying to leave it out in the sun with the the windows down. And I I didn't know why. I just, in my mind, I just thought I remembered somebody saying heat was good for getting rid of a smell. So, okay, good to know. I'm excited to experiment. (laughs) Well, we like to wrap up our conversations with a speed round if you're ready for some hard-hitting questions. I know you're still in bed, but it's it's not that fast, don't worry. (laughs) So what meal makes you feel most at home and who cooked it? Uh, fried noodles with Chinese, <laughs> with a top- topping of meat and black beans. And mm. I did that. And, and you did it. Yeah. Mm. Nice. For me, it's that bolognese. Because mm. I make, I make it, see, I make it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a goo a la bolognese and mm. me. Nice. <laughs> What's your perfect Sunday morning at home? You go first. To really religiously do nothing, okay, or as little as possible. Um, Sunday is always a little dodgy because the mornings are great, the afternoons are always melancholy. So you have mm-hmm. to be careful um, managing that. But yes, do nothing. Do nothing at all. Stay in bed. I think in bed an extra, an extra, at least an extra hour, at least just reading a book. But I don't ever get it because cats and and small humans. 
<laughs> What's your most vivid memory of home? All I can say is that when when you dream and you dream you're in a house, it, there's always it's always one house, isn't it? And it's usually the house from when you were a kid. And I, because I know I've lived in a million places, and I always ever dream of, of the one house I grew up in as a kid. And hmm. so the memory I have of that house is of the dining room, and my family eating around it, and. Above my father's head, I can see it, are two things. One is a gigantic wooden carving of Da Vinci's Last Supper, which he got in the Philippines. And the other one is this sort of hologram Jesus, where if you go to the left, you see Jesus. And if you go to the right, you see the Last Supper. And people would always come to our house and they would move their heads. You could see that they had, they had seen the thing because their heads would start bobbing left and right as they suddenly looked at the thing. So that's what I remember. I remember my dad sitting there reading the newspaper with a toothpick in his teeth with hologram Jesus. That's hilarious. <laughs> For me, it's, um, there's, it was a holiday home that we had in a village in France. And it was a very small village. When I have dreams, I dream of that village. I dream of a circular village, walled, you know, uh, fortified, you know, and, and our apartment in there, which was only for holidays, but it left a tremendous mark. Incidentally, that village, uh, everything was so filthy in the street. There was actually garbage everywhere. And I loved it. <laughs> oh, amazing. And you remember the smell of it? Oh, yeah, very much. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What are three things on your bedside table? Lip balm, water bottle, and my glasses. For me, it's an empty glass of Fernet Branca, the bitter liqueur, um, Italian liqueur, um, and very large bottle of water, because I only drink at night, so I tend to polish off um, liters of water at night. Mm. And um, and my phone for reading surreptitiously in the middle of the night. If yeah. I did a giant bottle of water at night, I'd be up peeing three times in the middle of the night. Uh, so here's one. And it, we may have touched on this earlier, but just to, to get it again from you. What is, aside from, you know, it could be perfume or not, but what is your absolute favorite smell? Well, I think it's frying onions. Mm. Mm. Really, I think nothing says... Good things are coming mm-hmm. more eloquently. With, <laughs> with butter. Yeah. What would you say, Tanya? I, I, I think a, a baby head. Oh, yeah. That's the Is best that, smell. Fresh baby smell. Mm-hmm. Baby head. Have you ever tried to replicate those smells for your home? <laughs> baby head is... Um, baby head is hard to spread around. <laughs> 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 that sounds so weird. Uh, well, I, bet, I bet if I had a perfume called Baby Head, it would sell like hotcakes. Yeah, when, oh, I, yeah. when my, um, my older daughter was, she's 20 now, but when she was born, uh, I asked specifically the people not to wash her. And oh. the vernix, you know, the white stuff on her dried on her skin. And it smells exactly like a thing called Ambrox. Um, oh. It's an absolutely divine smell. Wow. She smelled of that for a week. Until they lost patience and actually hosed her down because she was starting to, <laughs> starting to fester. <laughs> she couldn't even Your talk yet. She's like, shower me. me. You shouldn't uh, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we were in breach of all regulations. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. It, it truly is fascinating. It was uh, such a joy. Fascinating. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having pleasure. us on. 
Okay, I'm telling you right now, the first thing I'm doing is I'm going to go buy a bag of charcoal. I'm going to put it in the car, stick the car out in the sun, and let it bake. Why do you need to buy a bag of charcoal when that's all you get for Christmas every year? That's true. I'm just going <laughs> to collect all the pieces of charcoal I got my stocking. <laughs> and then we'll actually share this on our vlog as well so you guys can follow along. I hope this works. I'm, I'm still blown away. Because Luca and Tanya are so poetic, they nailed the description of the smell of Drew's yeah, car right Las now. Las Vegas or floral vomit. Floral vomit. That is what Las Vegas smells like. Well, Las Vegas casino, sorry. I just think though that like that floral vomit, as sad and gross as that sounds, it's a, it literally exactly what the cover-up smell of the cleaner with the fish sauce. Oh my gosh. Like. Anyway, but uh, we're going to share links to Luca's TED Talk on the Science of Scent, as well as their books in our show notes. Happy smelling. Have a good, hey, let's all give one good smell to say goodbye. And a huge thank you to our homies, Brandon Angelino, Annalie Bell, Hannah Fan, Courtney Iwanis, Wes Friend, Chris Cobain, Jessica Bryant-Harvey, and Nicole Schachter. Our theme music for At Home is by Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson. And music is composed and produced by Rick Russo. Thank you so much for listening. And if you do enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate us. Always rate us. We love you rating and commenting. Yeah, we actually like your feedback. And to you, thank you. Thank you, love you. Love you. Dun, 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 dun. ADT <laughs> now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT is awesome and believes that the smarter the home, the safer the security. I can't wait to see what they do next. They're going to put Google Nest doorbells on the moon. <gasps> da, da. Actually, I'd like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with our Google Nest doorbell. I do love how when we're out at dinner, we can see exactly what's going on at the front door. And we can control our ADT smart devices like... Lights, locks, the security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. Mm -hmm. All you have to say is, hey, Google, to get started. Well, I think it's great for people to help protect what matters most with all of this. Plus, 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Hey, Google.